and the book of the prophets from verse 17 and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is on me because of this he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim deliverance to the captives and new sight to the blind to set at liberty those who have having been crushed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and rolling up the book returned to the attendant he sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears how come that he is talking about the year, the acceptable year of the Lord and then he said this today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears he was pointing towards the Jubilee year and the Jubilee year has very great connection with the beginning of everything in our life but Christ was changing the meaning of the Jubilee year at that time let me summarize what was the Jubilee year and then we we'll see how it is connected to the Feast of Nairobi for the beginning of the New Coptic year he was telling us in Deuteronomy chapter sorry, Leviticus chapter 25 it has three main characteristics First of all, it's a year of freedom. Anyone is sold as a slave at any point of his life, in this year he should be set free. And this is a law and everyone in Israel has to comply with it. Second thing, if you sold your land for any reason, because of poverty or death or whatever it is, in the year of Jubilee, everything will be returned back to you. So it's a year of freedom and a year of restoration. And the third thing, it, it's a year of rest. No work, no cultivating the land, and God is going to bless in the years before for a fruit a crop to be able to satisfy all the needs in the coming two years. So it's a year of freedom, year of restoring what has been lost, and year of rest. What is the connection between this and the Lord is telling them, now it has been fulfilled in your ears. And he is telling them this and it wasn't the year of Jubilee. This was 50 every 50 years after 7 sevens we celebrate the Jubilee. Christ said since he came, the Jubilee was on and eternal. Now you can seek and you can ask for your own personal freedom at any time. You can start your jubilee by your own decision. Now you can restore what has been lost from you at any time. Now you can have rest in Him. He's saying in Hebrews 4, Now still remains rest for those who are seeking such rest. But the amazing part of it is that the year of jubilee starts on the day of atonement. The day of atonement the high priest it is the only day that he enters into the Holy Sepulchre and to sprinkle the blood of sacrifice seven times on the altar. To say that now the sins of the whole generation or the whole year has been forgiven. Again, he is telling us the beginning of this Jubilee year is the forgiveness of sins. The beginning is the manifestation of the Son of God and His death and His resurrection. That's why all these scriptures 
is fulfilled in your east today. This is the beginning of the Jubilee year, which now is on always and forever for every believer and every Christian in the church. What is the connection again between the Jubilee year and the martyr's year? Because the church is teaching us martyria or martyrdom is not something we can be afraid of or to be proud of others' martyrdom. It's a personal life. If you go to Hebrews, if you have your Bibles with you, go to Hebrews chapter 11, where St. Paul is telling us, all of us has been given this freedom, restoration, and rest. All of us can start our year of Jubilee at any time. And it is going not to be only a year, it's a lifelong until eternity. So he's saying in Hebrews chapter 11, and starting from verse 33, He's still giving us two kinds of freedom, two kinds of restoration, and two kinds of rest. Because sometimes we are in the church thinking of someone who is sick. We think when we pray, he has to be healed. The church is teaching us we have four different responses from God. All of them are healing. Let me share them in a quick moment, and then we'll read this and we'll conclude our talk. The first thing is yes, sometimes when we pray, God is going to perform a miracle and we are going to enjoy and rejoice His healing. But this is very obvious. In very few times, when our mindset is saying it's always going to be as such, I can easily be disappointed from God. But there is another way of hearing our prayers. Second one is through medicine. You can go to the hospital and have some medication, have some operation, and I'm going to be healed. Also through God. God is using medicine for our healing. And this is the most common one. Rather than everyone is waiting just for a miracle. And God is working in those people who are going to seek doctors for their own healing. The third one is the case will remain the same, but God will give peace to this person who is suffering from any sort of suffering. And this is again another way of God seeing our needs and satisfying our needs in a different way. The first one, which we don't like, but it's maybe part of the story and we have to accept it willingly for another reason I will share it with you in a minute. Sometimes because of our prayers, God has compassion upon this person and he is taking him for an eternal rest. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 21 that everything is given to you. So tell us what is everything? Said future things, current things, life and death. So you consider this as one of the gifts given to us. Why? Because it's a bridge to eternity. Bridge to eternal rest, bridge to eternal freedom from the prison of this body. St. Paul is telling us in Hebrews, there's two kinds also of victory. Both of them called victorious. Both of them called church saints. Either martyrs or, or confessors or church saints. He's telling us in verse 33, who through faith, faith subdued kingdoms, Righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. 
Daniel. Quenched the violence of fire, the three young men. Escaped the edge of the sword, meaning out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in fight, turned to fight to flight the armies of the strangers. Women received their dead, raised to life again. This is a kind of victory. Again, if all martyrs will think of it, let us do it as three young men or Daniel, then we have no martyrs. But he's telling us there is a second way of victory, starting from verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yes, more of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sowed in two, Isaiah was, were sowed in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Both of them are of one kind. The world was not worthy of them, they wandered in the desert and mountains and dens, and caves of the earth. Those monks were witnessing, were martyrs in a different kind. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, did not receive the promise, for God had provided some better thing for us, that they may should not be made perfect without us. They are waiting for us. So when we celebrate the feast of the Nairus, we are celebrating our own journey with them. They are not separated from us. That's why in each and every occasion in the church, celebration means Eucharist. I'm going to join, to join the other part of the church. We are victorious and they are encouraging us to walk in the same victorious path through witnessing every day to the life of Martyria to start our jubilee. Maybe I'm hearing this word, these words as a stranger. I'm not, I am too far from this. It's encouraging me. You can start your own jubilee year or your own jubilee life. Jubilee means trumpets. Could it start with trumpets that everyone who is enslaved telling him it's your chance today you are going to be set free. If you lost whatever you lost, it's again a trumpet to say it is time to restore all what you have left. If you are not at rest, it's time to enjoy the rest in Him and in Christ and in Christ alone. Because tomorrow morning in the liturgy, not thinking only of material, but seeing ourselves joining the same choir. The church believes Christ has one body. It is not two, and it's always one. But so we are joining them, asking their intercession, and enjoying the power of their prayers on our behalf. And when we pray and ask them to share with us, we proclaim our faith. We are alive, they are standing with us in the same choir, the heavenly choir, and breathing the one true God in the sea. It's the will of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.